Technology has enabled dramatic advances in healthcare, but in some cases, speed and precision may have come at the expense of human interaction and empathy. We need to re-humanize healthcare and empower clinicians to improve the delivery of both treatment and care. Welcome to Nuance in Healthcare, a project by Nuance Communications. In this season, we look at the evolving field of clinical documentation improvement, or CDI. As more hospitals launch health management and quality initiatives, leaders should ensure their staffs are empowered to accurately document each patient's story without overburdening them. Listen in to hear how leading healthcare professionals are using artificial intelligence and other technologies to improve patient outcomes and deliver more value to the healthcare organizations they work for. In this episode, I speak with Mel Tully, Vice President of the Clinical Education and Services at Nuance Communications. She's responsible for maintaining the integrity of the clinical CDI program and the development of meaningful education for Nuance's clients. We discuss the genesis of CDI, what is required to be a leader in CDI, and how to achieve true excellence in the CDI space. Let's begin with Mel explaining how her journey in CDI began. I was a nurse practitioner and a clinical nurse specialist, and I answered a small ad in the Atlanta Journal that said RN Consultant, and I thought, well, I'll take a look at this. I was looking for a, a practice job at the time, and that was my first introduction into clinical documentation improvement, and I felt like with my clinical background that I would be a great asset for the company, so that's how I began my journey in CDI. And as my journey grew, I also had a lot of higher expectations for what could bring goodness to facilities, to hospitals, and especially to patients uh, with solid, dedicated, and accurate clinical documentation. And so I began 20 years ago, and I've, I've never looked back. I've found that my clinical expertise has been part of the success, and it's also met my job requirements for bringing uh, good things to hospitals and patients. And then just to clarify, you started in healthcare 20 years ago or CDI 20 years ago? No, I started in uh, CDI 20 years uh, ago. And before that, a clinical nurse specialist and a nurse practitioner. That Okay, that's fascinating for me because most of the guests that we've spoke to so far have talked about CDI in a relatively new context, like maybe more like the past five years. And so what did that look like then in in considering when you really began and what you consider your CDI journey? What was it like then? Uh, when I began this journey, the objective for CDI at that time was revenue improvement or revenue preservation. And so the way we practiced was really asking physicians to document more accurately so that the hospital received the reimbursement that they deserve. They legally uh, deserved it. And in the meantime, we were improving that patient's clinical story. So that really was the genesis of the program. And then personally for me, as I uh, grew in my knowledge of CDI, I saw that there were a lot of quality opportunities, things that didn't necessarily result in reimbursement improvement, but actually resulted in providing better care to patients by identifying the documentation that would support that. And so, frankly, that's one of the things that has kept me in the industry for 20 20 years is that I really have been in the evolutionary process 
of taking basic CDI to what uh, we now call advanced practice CDI. It truly is a practice based in a lot of clinical tenets as well as compliance, as well as developing relationships with physicians and with the CFOs, the revenue cycle. So it's a very broad stroke that CDI has grown into. Can you tell me about what do you feel like the current landscape is in terms of the different healthcare systems and, and hospitals and things that are different points of the CDI. And if, and if I can clarify a little bit, what I, what I gather is that some people are already on board and making a lot of good progress in it. And it sounds like some people might not even be there yet or not even necessarily considering it. So what, it, what does that landscape look like from your point of view? From my point of view, and uh, really working at Nuance as well, is that it is rare that we ever have a client that doesn't have some sort of CDI program in place. It may be very infantile, or but efforts are always being made for CDI. And a lot of those efforts are geared towards compliance uh, because you want to make sure that the documentation and the final coding of that documentation fall within strict rules of compliance. So it's what we really uh, look for is the opportunity to actually take that CDI to the next level, to an advanced level, so that you are capturing what I mentioned earlier are the quality piece of documentation so that you actually profile favorably in the, in the industry. Uh, you know, we see more and more IDNs being created, more and more hospitals partnering, more and more... CDI opportunities occurring out of what was considered traditional at one time. And by that, I mean CDI really crossing the continuum into outpatient, into cancer centers, into oncology centers, uh, really outside of acute care facilities. Because we've seen the actual admissions for acute care have actually diminished as many of the surgeries are outpatient now. And so you've had to stay in step to really offer those CDI clinical documentation improvement opportunities across that continuum of care. Can you describe to me, it sounds like there's phases. I don't want to assume too much. And so I'll let you fill in the gap here. But it sounds like, like you said, some people have a more like a younger program and that there's a, a certain mindset around CDI but in your role that you really, really hope to bring people into this more ad- advanced practice of it. Can you tell me the sort of the, the phases people naturally go through or kind of the different ways that we can look at this? Uh, generally speaking, when a CDI program begins, uh, it, it is going to be foundational for reimbursement, that reimbursement that you deserve. And so if your documentation is not up to par, uh, then the coders are never going to be able to code at that level so that, you know, every hospital needs a margin. I don't, you know, you don't have to step away from that and say, oh, we're not doing this for the, for the financial reimbursement. But what you're doing it for is the capture being reimbursed for the resource consumption that's happened to take care of that patient. And so we talk uh, very much with our CFOs. We talk very much with our revenue cycle experts. And, uh, and it's equally important to capture that margin. You can't operate without a margin. But within that same breath, I will say that you also want to capture an accurate clinical story, regardless of whether it moves reimbursement or not, because it actually reflects severity of illness. 
And that documentation will follow patients around, especially in the world of electronic health records, everywhere that they go. And so it improves patient safety. It improves epidemiology studies. It improves everything that you need to make changes in the services that we could actually offer patients and improve their outcomes. You know, data is king now. You can't do anything without a real robust uh, data analytics of, of your documentation and your outcomes to be able to push that even further up the hierarchy of, uh, of safe care and improving outcomes for patients. And it's been rather sad. This is my own commentary to see so many smaller hospitals close uh, just because they can't afford to keep their doors open in, in today's world. And so Patients are traveling great distances to get care. Uh, they've lost their familiarity within the community. And so it's really even more important that we provide the best care, that we have a correct reimbursement, that we stay within compliance, and we have great clinical data to help continuing to, to improve care for our patients. Yeah, a lot of the things that you just mentioned, it seems so much like a win-win. Like I, I don't understand um, how anybody would not want to move in this direction to have that mutual sort of a parallel relationship between both getting the accurate documentation in order to have accurate revenue reflected in terms of, like you said, what the the hospital should get reinve- mm-hmm. re- reinvested in, but then also to be able to just simultaneously continue to serve your patient better and more holistically. Yes, you hit the nail right there. You have a good understanding. But you know, to run a good, successful CDI program, it does take resources, uh, both internally. It's always great to have a vendor that can provide you with the continuing updates and education, the opportunity for documentation improvement, Uh, the updates for compliance that can provide that compliance oversight for you. And then also what I haven't mentioned before is being able to provide technology with artificial intelligence and deep learning that can really help support a CDI program. You you may have just outlined it right there, but I mean, how would you define, say for the listener, so let's just assume our listener is someone working in CDI. How would you define for them what the difference between like a normal CDI practice versus what you've defined as advanced practice CDI? Uh, the first step for advanced practice CDI in the clinical model that, that we recommend highly is that you hire the right people. So you have to have uh, uh, those professionals that have a very strong clinical acumen and they understand uh, physiology, pathophys, they understand the interaction of drugs, and, and it's, it's almost second nature for them. So it makes it very uh, easy and compelling to interact with a physician and talk about, well, based on what I see documented in the medical record, and you put together that clinical presentation and the treatment and risk that the patient brings to the hospital with them, and that is the foundation to asking a clarification or a query to the physician. And and most of the time you're right on point and the physician agrees and documents it. And so when you start looking at building a great CDI program, the first thing is to hire the right people. And uh, with with our nuance model, we, we take a very clinical approach. And that's not to say 
that our HIM, our health information management uh, consultants and expertise are, are just as important. So it's a balance between that. But I'm a firm believer that you should work in the area where you have the strongest strengths. And then you also work very collaboratively with, with dis- different disciplines within the hospital. And so by that, I mean going back to the quality issue, you would want to, you know, partner with them, be, uh, you know, talk about the different approach with your quality departments that, that are actually looking at improving that particular outcome. How do you feel like then tangibly speaking, or, or more specifically, a CDI professional can begin to elevate their role to an advanced practice like you just defined it? Well, the, the first part, as I said, is to really have that clinical competency. And then also having the leadership skills, having the ability to look at uh, data and do analytics and develop action plans based on the analytics, to be able to converse very comfortably with your C-suite and to share those outcomes and and report up to them and be part of that decision-making. Those are some of the basic um, leadership or competencies for an advanced practice CDI. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And the, the one thing I wanted to come back to is, or two things rather, is in the beginning, you talked about um, both the integrity and the education from your role. And so, again, kind of coming back to your point of view, what are you doing? Like, what kind of things, what kind of hand do you have in this to ensure things? Um, it, for me personally, I, I hear a word like integrity, and it, it's really important. And especially when you start to think about it in terms of our healthcare system and specifically the individuals that it's affecting. And so I'm curious to what kind of hand do you have in all of this? Well, I'm responsible for the integrity of our education. And so I have multiple people I work with. We have clinical content specialists. And so I work with uh, and review that clinical content once they develop that. And I have a great trust in, in their ability to have accurate clinical content. As another example, the Director of Health Information and Management is is a direct report of mine. And so I rely heavily on her to make sure that we're falling within the compliant guidelines that fall under the official coding guidelines, as an example, our coding clinics and our, you know, our relationship with American Hospital or American HIM agency and things like that. So that falls underneath me, our relationship with the national organization ACTIS, A-C-D-I-S, uh, which is the organization for CDSs and other CDI professionals. And I have a very close relationship with our compliance attorney. And I've, I speak to the American Hospital Legal Association. I've been involved with her in presenting that what are the compliance issues now in the world of enabling technology. And so looking to make sure that with the nuanced product for our what we call computer-assisted physician documentation, if that we are, in fact, being compliant with that because it's, you know, it's not brand new, but it's fairly new and being introduced into CDI, especially from nuance, to be honest with you. So that's part of it. I'm part of the interview process, looking for integrity and consultants that would like to represent us in the CDI world. And I do mentoring and coaching. I still do 
client services. I have many large academic facilities, but I also have small community facilities that I actually provide teaching and I go on site to listen to them because I'm a firm believer. If you listen to your client, just the same as if you listen to your patient, they'll tell you what is wrong and what they need. And, you know, so I travel constantly and that's frankly been part of why I've enjoyed this so much is building relationships with clients. But then I also have the responsibility in some point of working with our our sales executives and making sure that they understand compliance and, you know, what they get pushed back in when they do a sales presentation. So that's what I mean about integrity. And, And part of integrity is telling the truth to our clients. And you may think, why in the world is she saying that? And so telling the truth is saying, here's what we can do for you. And here's our abilities. And, and, and so far, we have great abilities and great products and technology at Nuance. So that hasn't been a difficult position to take at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's really refreshing. So clearly, there's a, a lot of responsibility that falls on you. Is there, just even from the personal side, if you don't mind sharing, is there anything particular that you find yourself getting passionate about or excited about as you go throughout doing these different things? Ever since I started in this discipline, it's been a constant evolution and something just personally that has been very satisfying to me. And as my mother said, you're easily bored. I've never been bored in this particular last 20 years of my life. I will tell you a little story that might hit home with you on on what can happen when you really start to document, if I have time to tell you that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was actually going to ask you, um, it was, you're, you're jumping ahead, so you're, you're reading my mind. I wanted to know if you had any stories of, of kind of the turnaround from companies or hospitals that you've worked with. Well, this, is, this was early in my career. And as I said, we started out um, uh, asking for reimbursement. That was the goal of the program. And we sold to CFO exclusively. And, you know, it was all very, very compliant. It was documentation that wasn't in the chart that should have been based on, on clinical presentation and all. But we never really expanded into anything that would not improve documentation at the time. Now, we're talking 20 years ago, and I don't want people to get the wrong impression of that. But I was in a fairly large hospital outside of Pittsburgh, and uh, they had resisted at the time any takeover by UPMC, which is, if you know anything in the industry, UPMC, University of Pittsburgh, would gobble up anything. But they had a very, very large community hospital. And so we would ask, you know, clarifications for reimbursement. And one of the coding professionals came to me. And at the time, you could clarify diabetes with complications. But we never really asked for the complications. And so she said, why don't you do that? Because We've been promised that we can hire a diabetic educator if we can prove that we have a high incidence diabetic-related complications in our community. And so at the time, you know, I went to my boss and I said, what do you think? And she said, oh, Mel, come on, come on. We don't do that. And I said, well, let's just give it a go. And so what it meant was asking, as an example, if you had a diabetic patient, did they have nephropathy? Did they have problems with their kidneys? Did they have problems with their eyes? All of these common complications that could occur. So we started asking for those, and they made no difference in reimbursement. 
and at the time. And so we did actually prove out they had a high incidence of diabetic complications. And, you know, Pennsylvania has the oldest people in the nation. They live forever. So eventually they're going to get diabetes. That's just kind of a side joke. So anyway, they did hire that diabetic nurse educator. And so that was part of the goodness. And that was the beginning of my journey in CDI, thinking about what else can we add that's going to be above and beyond the reimbursement. Never shied away from reimbursement, but what else could we bring to this practice of CDI? And then, you know, being a nurse practitioner, I'm thinking about how do we actually practice this? And so that was one of the evolving pieces of finally coming to, we have an advanced practice CDI program. And, you know, we have intentions of really fanning that out above and beyond just our, our own nuanced clients right now. But it is a very important piece, and our consultants speak to it at, at every engagement that they have with their clients, just showing all the different benefits that come from that uh, advanced practice. And we're, we're very proud of it. We've had a registered trademark for many years for that advanced practice, CDI. But, but that's just an example of where my personal journey began and where it, it, it enabled me to see opportunities to expand the goodness of CDI. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love, I love that. It's like a very practical yet hopeful approach, if that makes sense, where it's like you, you kind of, keep it what it is on the the sense of like we need we do need to be financially responsible about these things let me show you how it works Mm -hmm. in that sense but more so like you said i feel like that's more of what you were talking about of where those passions come in and where that integrity can come in it's like how can we constantly Mm -hmm. be improving and make this make this just a a really great like I, i simply put just a great thing how do you define clinical documentation excellence what does that mean to you um, it's, it's almost the same in my mind as above and beyond. You're always going to have integrity, but then you take it to a level of excellence. And so that's almost parallel in my mind to advanced practice CDI. And so clinical documentation excellence goes back to what I spoke of earlier across the continuum of care. You know, can we expand that excellence very effectively and successfully into the outpatient arena, into the surgery center, surgical centers, to the oncology specialties, standalone hospitals? Is it always going to expand to our large academic facilities? And so that excellence should permeate no matter who the client is or what the facility is, whether it's that small community hospital, but where can you go from excellence? I mean, what's the next adjective that would describe excellence? Well, repeat business, frankly, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, that's a that's a, a, a byproduct or a sign of your excellence. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Excellent. Uh, but, but you know, referrals and you know, excellence and and um, you know, we we get a lot of referrals actually, and 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 we. You know, we, we prove our results and we've always uh, not shied away from going back if, if, if that excellence didn't occur, but it, but it occurs the majority of the time. Yeah. yeah no, and, and we're very prescriptive about we about and saying these are proven methodologies. And uh, what what's difficult in today's world is, as I said, almost everybody has a CDI program is, is shifting them away from 
what they probably think is very successful and doing it in a very diplomatic way, recognizing their current expertise, uh, propping them up uh, with what they've accomplished. And it's really, let me take you to the next level. You've got the infrastructure. We can work together uh, and, 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 and not going in and saying, oh, we got best practice. You got to do it this way. No, you never, you're never successful with that anymore. It's like, oh gosh, look at the foundation you've created and let's build on that. We've got some great technology to help support you and coaching and mentoring their current staff, things like that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that sounds like obviously. I think of it like taking care of a patient, kind of. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I think that's really a beautiful analogy, especially just what we're talking about, but it's like the essence of a good partnership. Mm -hmm. No, that's great. For the listener, if they were going to take away and even act on one thing that you're talking about so far about the importance of CDI, what is it that you want them to know or to do? Well, frankly, it would depend on who I was talking to whether it was revenue cycle or whether it was the CFO or whether it was the quality director. And our program falls under each one of those departments and it varies from hospital to hospital. Uh, Probably my message would be, and I find this happening more and more, uh, is that our CDI reports up through quality. And so the message would be is because the quality department has embraced our CDI excellence, uh, that it, it is inherent and in that we can help, you know, with those quality outcomes because clinical documentation plays a paramount role in, in actually making that happen, increasing that awareness. And then uh, when quality hasn't been met going back because, you know, it's all based on final coded data and, and data abstraction, then you go back and you look to see where did we have a misstep? Well, where did we lose our, you know, our channel here, whatever. And so that's, that's what my message would be. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much for your time with us. Oh, I enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to Nuance in Healthcare. To learn more about Nuance's AI powered solutions and services, or to learn more about the show, please visit nuance.com forward slash healthcare. That's nuance.com forward slash healthcare. healthcare.